0: Welcome back to the Dudes of Davey. Today is June the second, the day after the Miami Heat lost Game One of the NBA Finals. Uh, what, what we're gonna do, first of all, I'd like to apologize. We, we've we've been very very busy with a lot of things, uh, most of which is literally watching all of these games every single night. Um, exhausting, literally exhausting, um, but really really thrilling, and we've we've loved every second of it. So there's a lot to cover since, since we last did this uh, about a month ago. So the playoffs were pretty early on, and NBA and NHL playoffs were pretty early on, but the, the events that have transpired are, are frankly you know, amazing. So what we want to do today is we want to take you through the timeline of how the Heat and Panthers have gotten to the point that they are now um, this is going to be a Florida sports session for obvious reasons, but I think we're going to hit upon a lot of the things that happened along the way that we, we haven't covered until now to get us up to date on where we are. So, Stephen, just, just give me your thoughts. W- w- where, where is your mind mentally with sports right now? I mean, listen, as a diehard New York fan, everybody
1: knows uh, I bleed New York sports, but it is impossible to not feel the excitement that is going on in South Florida right now between the, the eighth-seeded Miami Heat and the eighth-seeded Florida Panthers, both battling for a championship is, like, as we've talked about, it's historic. It's a story unto itself. Uh, watching the Heat methodically take down the the Bucs, and, and actually, that was fairly straightforward, five games, uh, pushed a little bit, but not much by the Knicks in six games. It was a sort of a... An ugly series. Uh, the Knicks, you know, definitely you know showed some warts, and the and the Heat took advantage of it. Uh, I think the coaching by Spo there was outstanding against Thibodeau, and and then you had the the seven game, which shouldn't be seven game series, that the Heat you know took care of business uh, over the Celtics and uh, second row Joe Joe Missoula coach of the Celtics, <laughs> and uh, I think here we are now, um, you know, in Denver with the Heat playing for a championship again, as we've talked about, and we'll talk more about. A tall task. The Mount Everest of tasks right now, I think, for, uh, for for Jimmy and company.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, where they are right now, you did call Denver in the finals. You get credit for that. I said the Heat would win at least two against Milwaukee, so I called that too. You did. And, and if we're, we're going <laughs> to...
1: Listen, I don't want to give you this credit, yeah. but I will give you this credit because there is confirmation via text in mm-hmm. February of you making a statement which... Look, call it fandom. Call it, you know, maybe you were high. I don't know, but you predicted the Heat would be uh, the Eastern Conference champions.
0: Yeah, I <laughs> it, it, it probably a combination of all of those. Honestly, <laughs> I did make that confirmation from Colorado. So oh, wh- they, who knows? Anything's possible. There you go. But yeah, it's been we we were talking about this a little while back that like this situation with South Florida sports and the Heat and the Panthers could literally be a 30 for 30. And what we really, and look, just you just laid out how, you know, who the Heat have gone through to get to Denver now, which is definitely going to be their toughest challenge. We saw that last night as clear as day. Uh, But the events that transpired, even for them to get into the playoffs, was incredible. I mean, literally, this team was playing pretty crappy all season. I mean, I'll be the first to admit
1: that even though I, I had enormous amount of respect for Riley and Spo, despite my, you know, my Nick fandom, if you watched them all during the regular season, there was no way in the world you thought to yourself, if they can just get in, they'll make the run. I didn't see it. I didn't see any of the execution. I didn't see the shooting. I didn't see the passion or the urgency. You and I were actually together for the 2nd playing game in Wynwood, oh my God. watching the Bulls up by like seven, I think like in the fourth quarter, and the Heat just turned it on,
0: and were able to close out that game. I mean, that that game, I thought it was, this is the second playing game. I mean, they got smoked by the Hawks. Right. And then they were getting beat pretty bad by the Bulls. And then, literally, I think it was like eight seven or eight minutes left in the fourth against the Bulls, they turned it on, won the game, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, oh, do the Heat really want to win this game to get slaughtered by Milwaukee? It's like, they beat Milwaukee in five.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think something that, you know, we could look at the numbers, and the numbers would be a good story, but the Heat started doing something in the games at the end of the season, which obviously translated to that Bulls playoff game where they would go on these runs of 13 nothing, 17-2, and usually those runs took place in the fourth quarter. Uh, which is really incredible if you think about it, what type of team you have to be to stay with it, to stick with it, to take the other team's counter punches, and then know that you have the ability to go on these runs to close out these big games, play in game two. Uh, against the Bucks, I think they were, in the fourth quarter, twice they were down by six, eight, or nine. And I think you and I were texting, and of course you were texting with a bunch of other diehard Heat fans, uh, which I am not, but texting, you know, or we're gonna lose this. Like it looks like we're gonna lose, and then before you knew it, the game ended, and the Heat had had the victory.
0: Yeah, the, the level of resiliency by this team is just uh, almost matched by their other counterpart in the NHL right now, the Panthers. Like these teams, it doesn't matter at what juncture they're down. They're you just feel like this game is not over until the absolute buzzer, and. There's some crazy stat on the Heat's coming back from down ten plus, and like I I think they've done it in like like almost seventy percent of the games they've played in the playoffs, which is at different junctures during the game, and a lot of them are actually in the fourth or late third quarter, and they're just not rattled. They're just like you know what, we're we're okay. Like we're we're gonna keep playing. We're gonna play even keeled. Uh, the the most the game. And the situation that showed their resiliency the best was game six against Boston, which I was there. So I I was at two of the closeout games, uh, game four and game six for the Heat. So I'm done because they lost them both. Uh, Bad luck, charm. Yeah, but game six was... They played terrible for most of the game. They were down 10-plus, I I think at least twice in the game and cut it back, and then they would go down 10-plus. And then they had just, you know, that heartbreaker, that Derek White tip in at the end, and they came back in one game seven. So that even today, after losing to Denver, I'm not so – I think Denver's a very good team. I think they're the best team they're, they're facing by far. Um, but I feel like there's going to be more fight. They're not even going to feel this today. Uh, I think they're just going to say, okay, we didn't shoot well. We like what we did. We got a lot of open shots, and we missed – Open shots.
1: I think, and I, and I think something that doesn't get discussed enough is, while Denver offensively mm-hmm. is really a machine, right. okay, if you look up and down their roster, they really have the ability to do almost anything on offense. But if you look at their, uh, their offensive and defensive ratings, they give up points. They've given up points to almost everybody. Yeah, they have spurts where they can maybe lock down a team for a couple minutes, but they're not known for their defense. I thought the Heat had a ton of good looks last night. I think Jimmy Butler had a very bad game, which is uncharacteristic of him. I think that Max Struz had a very bad game, also uncharacteristic of him. And Caleb Martin couldn't hit the ocean. And so Bam had a tremendous game. And if they're going to give Bam that space, and maybe they're thinking, we'll let Bam beat us, right? And, and that could be part of their strategy. But as much as, you know, when the, even when the Nuggets were up by 19 or 21 last night, and then the Heat went on an 8-0 run in the fourth quarter, to immediately cut it to 13 and uh, Mike Malone took a timeout, you knew you were sitting there going, they can they can make this a game, which is kind of crazy if you look at the stat lines for the Nuggets. I mean, they they won the game. They deserve to win the game. But I think they won by 11. Somebody might say, well, it could have been 20. My comment is it could have been two. Mm-hmm. So Easily. I think you made a good point last night when we were going back and forth that, yeah, you know, their defense, Heat's defense could have been a little bit better, but I think they only gave up 104 points.
0: Right, I mean Denver's offense. Right, Denver's offense with Jokic in the middle, and I think he only took five shots, like into the third quarter too. So like he's he's so hard to guard at that position. He's tremendous. But I'm not. You know, I, I, I'm not so impressed. I I don't know how to say this. You know, I mean, look, they're they're a good defensive team, Denver. I'm not so impressed defensively. They they get it done on the offensive end by just getting, like. Always a good shot mm-hmm. facilitated by Jokic and Murray's able to hit really tough shots. Um, so that makes Mike, it hard to Michael Porter Jr. hits tough threes. Michael Porter Jr., right. But the Heat had open looks. They just missed open looks. It's not like it's not like Denver made it like really that hard for them. There were there
1: were at least three to four possessions where Jimmy Butler passed up mm-hmm. an eight or a nine footer in the paint yep. to dish it out to a three or to dish it to Bam, who wasn't even expecting the pass. So, I think Jimmy's going to look at the tape
0: and really say, listen, if I have that shot, I have no choice but to take it. I think it's actually a really good sign that Bam offensively played well last night because he looked horrendous against Boston. And the other guys played amazing. Jimmy had his moments where he stepped up a little. He stepped up later in the series. He definitely stepped up early in the series against Boston. Mm -hmm. But if you can get Bam and Jimmy both playing. Reasonably to their potential, you know, we don't need Superman games from either one of them. I mean, they would obviously be nice—a a Superman game from Jimmy at some point. Uh, but if they can play reasonably, well, and the role players play, and not role players, as Jimmy calls them, uh, his his teammates, when they play, you know, the way that because they've been like the, the the other guys have been carrying them. Oh, they, I
1: mean, there's no question that Max Struess and Caleb Martin uh, and Gabe Vincent have absolutely been, you know integral into their success. And without them, there is no success. Right. But I, I do think that we probably should give a little bit of props to Aaron Gordon because his defense on Jimmy Butler obviously impacted Jimmy's, not only his actual shot so,
0: shot selection and, and his shot making, but I think started to like impact his decisions. I agree. I mean, he's, he's long and he's, uh, he's super athletic. Um, so yeah, I think that does bother Jimmy to a degree, but we'll see. I mean, June one game. It's, it's one game. It's one game. I think that you know the Heat, while they've been more in it, you know, they've been they've been playing tight games, and Denver's been sitting around for a little while. Yeah, they're a little tired. They had to fly to Denver a couple days after this this tough series mm-hmm. and play in the altitude, which does impact them. It probably did impact them to a degree. Listen, I'm not giving excuses, but you know, game two, they're going to have to they're going to have to show it. Listen, they ended the game Monday night at what eleven. Okay. Yep.
1: They started, you know, tip-off was 5.30 in, uh, in Denver on Thursday. Right. That's, that's not much of a rest. I think everybody expected Denver to win this game. The spread was 9. Mm-hmm. Denver won by 11. Uh, I think that it almost all went according to how you would see the plan. Now let's see what game two is like because they have an extra day's rest. Game two is Sunday night. I think I, I just have an enormous amount of respect and confidence in Eric Spolstra And honestly, and in Jimmy Butler, I think these are high IQ guys. I think they're going to look at the tape. They're going to make some adjustments. There's very few people who make adjustments better than Spo. not just in a series, but in a game. So I think it'll be very interesting to see what the Miami Heat look like on Sunday. But I'll tell you right now, at the end of the day, if you don't make the shots, you can't win the game. So you could come up with all sorts of schemes and this and that, but somebody out of Caleb, Max, and Gabe, and Gay played pretty well, actually. He did. But, like, they need Caleb or Max to have a really good game, too. And then they need Jimmy to have a Jimmy game. And a Jimmy game in the playoffs, just so we're clear, a Jimmy game in the playoffs is about 27 points. Okay. So yeah,
0: That's pretty good. Yeah, it's not bad. And he's shooting well, and he's he does a lot of intangibles on defense, too. He's a very good defender. Um, and he's just tough. He's just gritty. You know, this this series, and you you mentioned it, At one point, but I'm going to reiterate it here: is that the margin of error for the Heat is much lower here. Um, They they cannot afford to do a lot of the things they've done in the last three series. They really do need to, you know, pick up their game. If they get they can't get down as much as they they have in other and have lapses at different points. They got to play consistent. Doesn't mean they have to hit every shot. They just have to play and stay somewhat in the game. I don't think I don't think going down 10 several times is going to work in this. I think they need to stay within 5 or 6 if they're going to go down, maybe 7. But yeah, that's going to be key. I mean, we were talking about this too. You know, th- if you look at the
1: three teams they faced, Giannis was semi-hurt, mm-hmm. right? He missed a game and a half to two games. But obviously, a healthy Giannis, if you go up, if you're down by 20 to the Bucks, hard to come back. It wasn't hard against them this year's playoffs. You know they were down 15 with a minute 30 to go in game four. Jimmy Butler went crazy and they won ultimately. You know the Heat ultimately won that game, but I think if they go down consistently 12, 15, 20, uh, Jokic won't let them come back into the game.
0: They don't make lap. They don't have lapses like the Celtics. Not right? like that. Not and like that. Yeah, I mean, let's just stick with like the most recent series, the Celtics. Like I, they, the Celtics are very up and down the nuggets are very steady right so yeah the look every team's going to make some mistakes here and there and they're going to it's a long game they're going to have little lapses here and there where their energy is not as high or they're making a couple mistakes here and there but you, you can't it's going to be very hard to come back on a nuggets team and, you know, like,
1: and, and by the way if you go against if you look at the nuggets and let's say the let's say you're up 10 on the nuggets okay which has happened a few times this season obviously 10 12 If you look at who they have between Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray, Caldwell Pope, Bruce Brown, Aaron Gordon, and of course, you know the Joker, they don't they don't think about it. They're not worried. They think they've got all game long to take that win from you. And they've really they do have the shooting. They have the size positionally. By the way, they're much bigger than Miami. Yes, at almost every position. So we've talked about this small margin of error. Uh, If anybody can do it, it's probably the Heat. So let's see how they come back on Sunday, and obviously we are going to do a pod uh, much sooner than we did this last one. Uh, we won't take a, as long as of a break, but uh, it's been a crazy uh, 30, 30 to 40 days, and we're excited to be uh, the, to be back on talking about all
0: things South Florida. It's been unbelievable. I've been excited, which you know, I'm a huge sports fan, but I, I've been excited for the nights that we <laughs> we haven't had games. I'm like, oh, my God, I can watch Succession or something. This is amazing. Or maybe, maybe sleep. Maybe go to bed. Actually. Yeah, no, I'm going to go to sleep before midnight. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Um, well,
1: speaking of going to bed before midnight, the one team, the other team that hasn't let us do much of that is the Florida Panthers. Oh, my God. They just, they just don't want you to sleep. They're it's, like, we, we just need your eyeballs on us for, you know, till one, two in the morning.
0: Yeah. I, I, can't be, I can't begin to tell you how many people I talk to who are like, you know, I haven't really gotten into hockey, you know, but I'm starting to watch the Panthers a little bit. And it's like, seriously? You're starting to watch the Panthers? Okay. They're like, yeah, I don't know the rules as well as basketball, whatever. I'm like, here, I'll teach you the rules pretty quickly. It's awesome. All yeah. right? Like, the Panthers have been, uh, you know, an, another—the the Heat story from play in the regular season to get into the NBA Finals now has been an incredible story. I, I can make the argument that the Panthers is even more historic yeah. and and just— the way that they've done it is crazy. I mean, I think if you,
1: I mean, look, playoff hockey, we always talk about this. Playoff hockey is the best hockey. Yeah. It just is, right? It's the most intense. It's the craziest. The announce. you can even feel it in the announcer's voice. But when they went down 3 1 oh to the Boston Bruins, in the I was series, there. I was there. And you're like thinking to yourself, yeah, they're, 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 you know, it's done. It's over. Yeah. And then they won game five. And then they, they went home to win game six. And you're like, it's 3-3 going back to Boston. You're like, all right, listen, you know, now it's the Bruins. They're going to close this out at home. And it just, you know, goddamn Matthew Kachuk oh God. and Carter Vergehi and uh, Bobrovsky, who, by the way, let's not forget, Bobrovsky didn't start the series. He was the backup goalie to Alex Lyon, who without Alex Lyon, by the way, so let's give him some props. The Panthers aren't even in the playoffs. Right. They go 6-1-1 one, and one in the final eight to sneak into the playoffs only because the Pittsburgh Penguins couldn't beat the two worst teams on the final two days of the hockey season, which were the Blackhawks and the Columbus Blue Jackets. So shout out to thank you to the Pittsburgh Penguins.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Panthers getting in the playoffs is, <laughs> is an even crazier story than the Heat, which is historically crazy, considering where they are. But let's go back to that Boston series real quick. There's that that moment of uh, the fork in the road moment, which was, you mentioned, down 3-1. We had just lost, I think, 6-2 to on our home ice, okay? Down 3-1 in the series with a goalie who was literally letting up, you know, four or five goals a game, okay? They they changed goalies to Bobrovsky. They're down 3-1, about to go to Boston. Oh, oh, by the way, Boston has the most points had the most points in the regular season in NHL history ever ever okay <laughs> like they're they're not just like a one seed they're like a super one seed they're like the 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 top one seed ever in the NHL playoffs and the Panthers are like the 8th seed that like shouldn't really be there correct based on the regular season correct and the Panthers turn around and win the series on the road in overtime they were down by a goal with like 50 seconds left in regulation to tie it to go. It is absolutely what like sports dreams are made of. Yeah. I mean, they, they win. So, like you said, they lose game four, six
1: to two. Right. And okay. you're,
0: uh, you're at the seven to five game, by the so way. So that game's insane. Game, then they go game five. Let,
1: let's keep this in mind. It's three one. You're going back to Boston. Series is over, right? right? It's done. Panthers pull it out in overtime, four three. For game six, I'm at game six. And it has to be one of the craziest games I've ever been to because we went from a defensive, you know, battle to a like giving goals away. There was five goals scored in like about a four minute span. Final score Panthers 7-5 to tie the series up at three. Everybody's going crazy in the building. No one's understanding how we just keep on scoring. Oh, by the way, yeah, the Bruins goalie is gonna be the Venza winner. So like, legitimately, you think you're facing a stone wall that's been giving up, you know, under two and a half goals a game all season, and you just hung seven on him. And then it's game seven, which we always talk about. Any sport you're in, game seven, anything can happen. And what does happen? Again, overtime, again, the Panthers win it.
0: Yeah. This just goes to show, like, just like in anything, you know, a, a team or a person or whoever who goes through adversity... Do not count them out, okay? Because they're battle tested, and the Boston Bruins, as good as they are, they had zero adversity all season long. I mean, they they lost what, like twelve games all season? Yeah, that's like insanity. Okay, uh, at
1: one point it was like five or six,
0: yeah, and then a, they went on a little bit of a losing streak. <laughs> right, it's like so, look, they're like they were amazing team. Don't don't get me wrong, but they faced no adversity. So when they faced it becomes a mental challenge to stay in it. And then, you know, it becomes a cascading of thoughts, I'm sure. Like, oh, if we lose this one, then it becomes tougher. If we lose this one, it becomes tougher. Oh, a game seven? Uh, uh, oh, my God. Like, if we lose this, it's historic. You know, it's like you, the Panthers, it's incredible what they did. So the the
1: next battle for the Panthers is going to be the Toronto Maple Leafs. And if you're a hockey fan, you weren't afraid. right? Honestly, the history of the Toronto Maple Leafs in the playoffs is... For the last 30 35 years is one of the worst histories of any franchise
0: but they did have 111 points in the regular season
1: they were a tremendous team in the regular season uh the the panthers win that series four to one uh, all the games were one goal games uh, except for game one every other game was a 2-1-3-2-2-1 two, two, game so close series goaltending was uh, at a premium and it was key Bobrovsky basically stood on his head in a couple of those games made some saves that, you know, you'll be watching on repeat and like in videos 10, 15, 20 years from now. And that brings us to their challenge of taking down the Carolina Hurricanes, coached by uh, your Rob Brindamore.
0: Rob Robert, Brindamore Robert thinks he won. He's still, uh, still, actually. No, Carolina is like at, at the arena right now, ready to play. No, remember,
1: he was there. You know the the reason why we're making a joke is that the the, the post game press conference with Rob Brennamore was not one of him saying congratulations to the Panthers and you know we did our best. Was I was there? We didn't lose the series. Uh, you know they did win it though. So
0: it, well, it's fitting because it's in Vegas. I could see Rob Brendamore like just getting drunk at a bar and putting his Flyers gear on to try to show up to the game and play. I, I it was heard. like, it was like he's like, no no no, we, we we didn't lose that. No no you lost. You got swept.
1: Yeah, yeah. He, he didn't understand what a sweep means is when the other team wins all four games. Right, exactly. Right, in a row. Yeah, no, I know
0: that. <laughs> I understand they were close, but but you lost four in a row.
1: Right, you lost you lost all four it's games. It's okay
0: though. It's okay. Uh,
1: and now that brings us to uh, which I can't even utter is the Stanley Cup finals against the uh the Vegas Knights uh which are going to be uh, probably not dissimilar to the Heat facing Denver. The Vegas Knights will probably be the the they're the definitely the deepest team. Mhm. Uh, And their coach, which I think is an important factor here, because if you look at the coach of the Bruins, and you look at the coach of the Maple Leafs, and you look at the coach of the Hurricanes, Hurricanes' best coach of those three, the coach of the Vegas Knights, Bruce Cassidy, just to give everybody some context, he was a player. He then became a coach of the Capitals, and they fired him, uh, and then a month later drafted Alex Ovechkin. Wow. So just to give everybody some context, Bruce has been at this a long time, but he was that close to coaching, obviously, one of my uh, co-hosts here, single favorite players in all of sports. So imagine being fired and then drafting, you know, a generational talent. But uh, I think, uh, what do you think? What do you think the, uh, you think the Panthers are going to pull it off? What are your thoughts?
0: I mean, I'm, I'm definitely not betting against them at this point. I mean, <laughs> that'd be crazy to do, right? The Panthers, look, you, you know you know the players in the NHL and the matchups and you know, the coaches better than, than I do. I, I just know what I've seen from the Panthers, and what I've seen is just the most resilient team I think I've ever seen in my entire life, and they're not out of it no matter what. I don't care if they go down 3-0. They're still not out of it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I I think the Panthers are clicking. You know, they've been off for a while right now, um, which is probably really good in, in the sport of hockey. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, sometimes people say, "Oh, well, they've had off too long, so they're going to lose their chemistry a little and their edge, whatever." Hockey's a really brutal game, and this this playoffs run by the Panthers has been has been rough, brutal. I mean, the, one of the Carolina games went to like three in the morning, like four overtime. It's been a gauntlet. Yeah, so I, I'm not as concerned about that. It's probably better they've had a little off time off, and Vegas has been in it battling. Um, but I think it's going to be a great series. I think, you know, uh, we're hoping it goes it goes the distance um, because we actually might be on the West Coast and we we've debated debated possibly going if they do play a Game Seven, which uh, our wives might actually uh, kill us. But it's okay, you yeah, know. We might have a lot more free time to do more podcasts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but it'll be a great game <laughs> if we go.
1: No, listen. I mean, I, I think that. Uh, I think Vegas has, look, they have they have Mark Stone. Um, they have actually, they have an ex-Panther that was beloved, even though he only played one season, in Jonathan Marsh, Marshallt. And we actually had to let him go to the expansion Knights during the expansion draft. He was the player that they didn't protect. So he's a 30-goal scorer consistently. Mm-hmm. He has 10 goals already this playoffs for the Vegas Knights. And uh, I guarantee you, he's got his... Uh, if if you not like you need a chip on your shoulder when you're playing for the cup, but uh, if you were uh, if you were the one player that your team uh, let go to the expansion team and you have a chance six seven years later to uh, pay it back, I think you'll be playing with a little a uh, little extra something something.
0: Yeah, I mean Jack Eichel's the key, right? Which is unbelievable because Jack
1: Eichel should re- actually be on the New York Rangers right now. Right. And the Rangers wanted him badly. They didn't want to give up. I think it was a combination of not wanting to give up Alex LaFernier and Capo Capocacco, one or both. And lots of Ranger fans were really unsure because Jack Eichel had a really bad back situation. He had a surgery, mm-hmm. they weren't sure what else to do. The Knights got him. Last year, underwhelming, he really was. This year, you're seeing exactly why uh, teams were thinking about giving up quite a quite a package to get him. He's been terrific.
0: Can you tell our listeners yeah, look, I obviously see the high-level stuff and I'm following hockey, and I, I think I know the rules sometimes. I'm like, is that icing? I have no idea. Um, and you see the resiliency and you know the high-level stuff, but from a hockey standpoint, what, what are a few of the things that the Panthers do that you think is really contributing to them being where they are right now? Just on the ice, things that they're doing that other teams just aren't. I think talent-wise,
1: they have less, Yeah. if I'm being totally honest. I think they have less talent to almost every team they've played. Uh, I would say that the fact that they can roll four lines Mm -hmm. and they do it consistently, uh, obviously it helps when you have somebody like a Matthew Kachuk who clearly is, when he's on the ice, you know it immediately. Mm. His presence is felt immediately in the checking game, in the stick handling, in the passing. And he's relentless in the corners, as are many of the Panthers. I mean, if you look at Lundell and Gudis and Vergehi and Bennett and Reinhardt, and they get that puck in deep, and that is part of their offense. By the way, they dump the puck in, and then they go dig it out. And by the way, that's a strategy that's been around for 50 years. Mm -hmm. But if you're capable of digging that out in the boards, you immediately have a huge advantage because that's called a strong forecheck, and their forecheck has been incredible. And and when they're like under pressure, because there's been games when the Bruins were you know taking 40, 50 shots. And you felt like the ice was tilted downward, but then they would do a little, they would chip the puck up in the air and just get a breather to change their lines. And then many times when it wasn't icing, which by the way, I, they should do away with icing. They need to figure that out. But then they chip the puck di- in deep and they just get to it faster or they get to there with enough time to dig it out. And that's something that, that's, that's been with them all season. I also think when they, when they get down a goal, uh, they never think that they're out of it. They just don't. They haven't been down many two-goal deficits, though, which is something to just keep an eye out. Vegas can score in bunches. In the last series, Vegas would score three or four in the first period against Dallas. Right. I don't think they're going to have that same luck against Bobrovsky, but I do think that the Panthers need to clean up a little bit of the center of the ice. You can't keep on... Look, you can rely on Bob for four more games, and maybe that's just the way it goes. We talked about you get a white-hot goalie, he can win the Stanley Cup for you right. as long as you score two goals a game. Right. But uh, I think that the Panthers have just been—they've been hungrier, they've been—they've been, they've been gr- more grinding, more grinding of a team. And just when you think that the puck is out of their out of the offensive zone, they keep it in for one more play. And you look at the skill level of of Sam uh, Sam Bennett and Sam Reinhart and Kachuk, and let's talk about the captain Barkoff, who doesn't get enough credit. These guys are passing to each other like they've been playing together for several years because guess what? They have been. Mm -hmm. These guys, besides Kachuk, this team, you know, this team won the President's Trophy, the best team in the Eastern Conference last year. And then they sort of, you know, hit a rough patch in the playoffs because they weren't grinding it out. So I just think that they absolutely have a a good chance against Vegas. I think Bobrovsky needs to continue to play on his head. You know, I think he's 11-2. and Which is <laughs> ridiculous. I mean, that's an unbelievable statistic to be eleven and two in the thirteen games he's played.
0: And and the te- the three teams they've played had a combined number of points of three hundred fifty nine regular season points. I
1: think it was the number one team, the number two team, and the number four team. Correct. And I think Vegas is the
0: number five team. Correct. <laughs> so it's, a, it's a, they're 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 not getting lucky breaks. They're, they're they're going right. They're going right through it. I I will tell you that if they
1: win the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. And by the way, just for the, just so everybody understands whoever wins this Stanley cup, it'll be their first ever in history. Mm-hmm. Obviously Florida Panthers have been around a lot longer than the Vegas Knights, but it still will be the first cup for both teams. I think if, if Florida wins this Stanley cup, it'll potentially go down in history as maybe the greatest season ever. Yeah. I mean, you, you don't beat four of the top five teams in all of hockey, uh, with luck. No, you beat that with heart skill, timely goals. I mean, the timely goals this team has scored is just outrageous.
0: It, it's like a it's like a script. It's almost, you know, some of the moments are just unreal. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think it would go down in history as, uh, if not the best sport, you know, title team, you know, literally from start to finish. I mean, it's definitely, the, it's definitely one of the greatest stories for sure in sports. But then you got them both in the same town, in the same town, literally, like, I think you could do a 30-for-30 30 30 just on the Panthers. Um, but if if one of them wins, it's probably close. If we had to guess, it'd probably be the Panthers have the better chance, but I'm not counting the heat out. They could do an ama- like we, we should write it, like an amazing 30-for-30 30 30 for what's happening down here because it's just – if if anyone would have uttered the words that either one of the teams would even have gotten out of the first round, okay? Like – a month before the playoffs, people will be like, "Yeah, no, you're crazy.
1: You're absolutely just get out of the first round, and, both and, of them." And by the way, dude, just so you you know the listeners know, um, Lonnie did attend two of the Miami Heat playoff games. Yeah, he most
0: likely won't be attending any more. No, I'm, I'm terrible <laughs> luck. I've I've admitted that. I I had a great time. Those games were great. I mean, the game four was rough. We weren't even in it, but game six was insane. And when Derek White put that tip in, in it was like a war zone in there. There were like kids crying. It was it was it was rough. And then you had and to add insult to injury, you had a couple Boston fans, you know, stationed at different spots as as Heat fans exited to say, you know, obviously anything that they wanted to, which which you can imagine what it was. But yeah, I mean, it's been it's been a thrilling ride.
1: So we uh, we were at Game Three versus the Hurricanes for the Panthers in that one nothing. Absolute, you know, death match. Yep. uh, Which was, you know, intense from from the first, you know, puck drop, and we will be at Game Four of the Stanley Cup uh, to uh, to see uh, to see our Panthers. Uh, I will be at Game Three as well. I'm bringing the kiddos to that one, uh, just for a first time experience. But uh, look, I I think that, you know, (laughs) I moved here four years ago, and. I always had a lot of respect for the Heat, as much as I hated them. I, I have a lot of respect for Riley and Spo, as much as I despise and loathe them as people, because I wish they were on my team. Uh, <laughs> but to to be a part of this experience now and see how excited everybody is, you know, somebody made the comment. So I think there was two teams from South Florida that made the Final Four. Mm-hmm. Right now you have the Miami Heat and the Florida Panthers. Someone said if the Dolphins make the, like the AFC Championship. Like, you know, does this become the single greatest year for a city? I guess you do need, I guess one of the teams though needs to win.
0: Uh, Definitely. One of the teams needs to win. Right. You know, Boston's had a couple of years where they've been like ridiculous. I prefer not to talk about it. No, we know. But like, and I know, I mean, I hate it too. I hate those fans, by the way, just (laughs) dealing with the Celtics and Bruins in two series and being at three or four of those games, like they are the worst fans. They're so annoying. Uh, know, you, but they've won a lot though.
1: You know what? I think every fan base for the most part doesn't like most other fan bases. Right. It's not like I'm walking around going, "God, I really love that fan base in Philly," or uh
0: I I didn't mind the Milwaukee ones. Yeah, well, I'm they, sure. They were fine. Yeah, they were fine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no. Oh, Philly? They are fine. Too. No, Philly, the
1: Philly's low key. They're Boston just, Boston's
0: chill. Yeah, but but well, literally that going from Boston to New York to Philly, that should be like There should be like some kind of Netflix show on somebody wearing like the other team's jersey and just hearing all the things that are said to you between all of those arenas.
1: Well, I think part of the experiment would be do they make it? Do they yeah, do they survive? Do they survive? Do they survive? Yeah.
0: And 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 people making bets on where they actually get killed. Ooh,
1: and and by and by like by what weapon. Yeah. Yeah. Like a yingling bottle in Philly. I like that. Right? Yeah. Yeah,
0: That'd be fun. I'd watch that. (laughs)
1: Well, listen, I just uh, I think it's been great, this whole experience. We've got two more weeks of it right now. We're fortunate enough that this will be June 2nd. This should go to as late as June 19th. If games, I think Game 7 Vegas and Florida would be June 19th. Game 7 for Nuggets Heat is June 18th. Uh, let's, let's enjoy the ride, and I think you know, we're going to come back with another great pod in, in a couple of weeks. Uh, and I think it'll be an a NBA-NHL uh, wrap-up, an NBA draft preview. We've got lots coming up.
0: And then, yeah, a cornhole baseball summer. Uh, we have some insight on cornhole and axe throwing, which is coming in July. We're excited for that. I, I really can't wait. <laughs> anyway, so, guys, we're, we're happy to be back. Sorry for the hiatus, but uh, we, we had a lot to cover today. And uh, hope you found it enjo- as enjoyable as it's been for us to to be going through this and experiencing all this. So, from the dudes at Davey. We uh we'll be back soon. Be well. Take care everybody. Mm-hmm.